Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Land Called Homily. My name's David, and this is my podcast. I'm an Episcopal priest serving a beautiful little parish on the Gulf Coast of Alabama called St. Paul's Chapel. These are my weekly talks from our worship service, so I hope they can be of some help to you. Take what you can use and discard the rest. If you're interested in more of my content or if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can visit my website at davidchatel.com. Thanks for listening. These stories where Jesus calls his disciples are so strange to me. Think about it. It's a hot Mediterranean day, and these fishermen are just offshore in their boats, dropping their nets. They're trying to make a day's living, an otherwise completely normal day. But then... Here comes Jesus, walking down the hill towards the shore. Now, to be honest, this is where all of the Jesus movies of decades ago probably lead me a little bit astray. Jesus is in a white flowing robe with that baby blue pageant sash. He's mostly white and he's got blue eyes and a very calm but intense voice. And he looks out at Simon and Andrew fishing because they were fishermen and says, come follow me. And immediately they leave their nets and follow him immediately, like no hesitation. In those old movies, they're almost like zombies or robots. Yes, Jesus. And the same thing begins to happen with James and John. They were in a boat with their dad learning the family trade when Jesus calls to them. And immediately they leave their dad in the boat with the hired help and just start following Jesus. Can you see their dad? Excuse me? How does this kind of a response outside of some magical spell that Jesus might have put on them make any sense whatsoever? First century Jewish life, it's pretty different than our life. Around the age of six, most Jewish kids started Torah school. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible, the Hebrew Bible. And it was the foundation of Jewish society and way of life. And everything they did and believed was based on it. So these kids at the age of six would start out committing the Torah to memory. First five books of the Bible. And by the age of 10, when they had completed the first stage of their education, most of them would have the entire Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, memorized by heart. Every word by 10 years old. After this first stage of education that was sort of like elementary school, lots of the kids would then go back home and start learning the family business or the trades their parents did. They would become apprentices. They would learn how to make a living And from that point on, they would start contributing to the family and to the community. But 
there was a second stage of education. And the kids that showed real promise, some talent, the ones who had obvious natural ability, were allowed to continue on in their education for another four or five years and would have the responsibility of committing to memory the rest of the Hebrew scriptures. By the end of the second stage of school, attended by only the absolute best, most talented students, they would have memorized Genesis through Malachi. I don't know if you've looked recently, but that is the vast majority of your Bible. At the end of this second stage of education where only the brightest and the best students were found, the ones that were not the absolute cream of the crop would be told again to go back to their families and take up a trade or to learn to manage a household. And that was really the end for most of them. But the top of the class, the best of the best, the few that remained would finally be able to go to a rabbi and apply to become one of his disciples. They had the honor of asking to be the disciple of someone who was a pillar of Jewish society. Rabbis were the most well-respected, most revered members of that community. And even then, the journey wasn't over. These rabbis would question these select few top students, probably no more than 15 or 16 years old, about everything that they had ever learned. All of his probing questions were meant to answer the biggest question. Does this kid have what it takes? Can this kid eventually do what I do? Can this kid be a disciple and ultimately a rabbi? You see, a disciple wasn't just someone who learned what their rabbi had to teach. A disciple did everything humanly possible to emulate his rabbi in every little detail. It was a process of inhabiting the life of the rabbi, of taking on the life of the rabbi to yourself to become a copy Even then, some of them didn't make it. Even out of the best of the best, the top of the class, some were still sent home to get on with life. The special ones, after all the questions had been answered and all the requirements met to the rabbi's satisfaction, to the absolute best, the rabbi would then say, come, follow me. Let's cut back to that day on the shores of the Sea of Galilee with Simon and Andrew and James and John fishing. The fact that they were working that day tells us that at some point in the recent past, they had not made the cut. Maybe it was when they were 10 and they were able to get an early start on their trades. Maybe it was when they were 14 or 15 and they had only been fishing a few years. It could have been that they were recently told, I'm sorry, but you're not the best of the best. Go back and fish. 
James and John were in the boat with their dad. It could have been that they were only young men of 16 or 17. And to be fair, maybe some of them didn't care and would rather have been fishing that day. But at one point or another, it had been decided that they were not disciple material, that they should take their years of education and memorization and preparation and just get on with their lives. So you can imagine when Jesus showed up on the shore while these young men were fishing, it caused somewhat of a commotion. At this point, it was no secret that Jesus was an up-and-coming rabbi and the rumors surrounding him were even more fantastic. John the Baptist was in jail and Jesus had taken up his mantle. These young men might have even been aware of how Jesus was in the process of starting his ministry and calling disciples and suddenly he steps onto the beach and catches the attention of Simon and Andrew. And after a few moments to make sure they were paying attention, he gives them a grin and says, come follow me. And they look at each other with their mouths open in disbelief. And then they look at Jesus, who by this time is laughing at these two guys who were deemed not good enough as they jumped overboard and made their way to Jesus. And from that point on, they became fishers of people, disciples of their rabbi, the poster children for second chances. And just like that, Everything changed. I wonder if you ever feel like I do that you have been passed over. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. Maybe you struggle with imposter syndrome like I sometimes do. Maybe at some point in your life you had hope that you might be someone or amount to something or make someone proud, but one way or another, you or someone else came to the conclusion that you did not have what it took, whatever that is. Believe it or not, today is the day when you are met with the voice of Jesus calling from the shores of your life. Calling you out against the odds against the opinions of everyone who ever dared to tell you different, yourself included. Come follow me. So I want you to hear it. I want you to let it sink down into your heart in this moment. God is not done with you. God is calling you out, inviting you in, challenging you to take a chance to believe what God already believes about you, that you are loved and that you can love others just like Jesus. When Jesus says, come follow me, it's a call to leave behind this 
nominal life of putting Jesus up on a pedestal and not following him, of worshiping him only and not joining him on his way. Come follow me is a call to do as Jesus does and to be as Jesus is, to be able to say with Paul, therefore I no longer live, not I, but Christ lives in me. So call us the B team, call us the cast-offs, second string, the has-beens, whatever. But that's who God uses to change the world one person at a time. And today is your open invitation.